Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here on this special Pop Talk episode that is Halloween-themed and with best friend of the show, Rob, and we talk a bunch about pop culture. We go over that horror comedies bracket that we released last week. You can find it on social media and on thereitispod.com. And if you don't already follow and like us, please do on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at thereitispod. As I said, we're talking about the horror comedies bracket. We also get into music stuff. So let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with best friend of the show, Rob. Rob, thanks for being here to do a pop talk episode. Thanks, man. I know a lot of your listeners were demanding that the high-voiced friend came back, so I'm, I'm really glad to help them out. So. Well, we did have a listener who was saying we that we should do another one but not have Clay on, so that's close enough. That's, actually, actually, I think I universally heard that, and especially from the one listener named Lisa. She said that he just inadequately performed. Actually, yeah, so actually there are two people who said that. at least two people. It was a, I was referring to someone other than Lisa. Uh, sorry, Clay. It could have been the girlfriend of the prom. Or the, the, no, the it wasn't her. It wasn't a girlfriend of the podcast either. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, your family is really big into Halloween, so you're a perfect yeah. guest to have in this episode because... You all go all out on, on Halloween. Uh, your parents yeah. did a haunted house in their house, and one year the theme was clowns. Yes, that was and that was probably one of our best years. And actually, Jason would come and help, um, mm-hmm. being the the great, great being the great thespian that he is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, um, no, yeah, my dad has always been kind of a big Halloween fan, and it just it kind of grew and grew over the years to where it was just me and him doing something because I realized if you could scare kids they drop their candy so mm-hmm. I actually would end up with more candy than if I actually went out trick-or-treating so I just mm-hmm. I started helping him out and then, and then eventually got bigger and then um you know being through the whole house you know it's a serious commitment I would say my parents probably owned more Halloween decorations than they do Christmas decorations so, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I'm mean, honestly you know, between the, I mean, they have enough masks and scary things for anybody that shows up that can help out. <laughs> and uh, it's it's funny because my parents like scary movies, but they're not into it as much as like um, I am. Or definitely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I mean they, I you know, I'll try to convince them to go see a scary movie, and they're like, no, we're not going to go see that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can somewhat sometimes I can talk my dad into it, but it's very hard. But they they just love Halloween so much. So they just love the the pure joy of terror in a child's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was always a good time, yeah. uh, and that makes yeah. you a- absolutely ready for this topic. Yes, 
So we're eventually going to talk about the uh, bracket and how we put it together since it's a horror comedy yeah. bracket. And Justine was giving me a hard time a little bit last week for about doing brackets for this podcast. But I, I think it's fun. Yes, it's nerdy. She was saying I'm going to do it for like our wedding location oh, yeah. choices. I will... I mean, that was a joke, but honestly, I might do a bracket for, like, choosing our song to dance to or oh, something. Oh, yeah. That, that, just your playlist in general, probably, and then yeah. and then ultimately, you probably will bracket all your, because you have about 3,000 people that would go to your wedding, <laughs> so you're going to have to bracket it, you know, you're going to yeah. have to say, uh, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, at least have to bracket the, the where the where people sit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There'll be a hierarchy <laughs> to it. Right. Like people will know when they're when they're on the outside satellites that they weren't you know they they were not highly seated. <laughs> yeah, you eighth seed table, uh, southeast yeah. division. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're calling this table the Big South. Uh, no reason, no reason. Just uh, you know, you're sixteen great people, sixteen seated great people. <laughs> <laughs> I, but uh, we have some other topics to get into, yeah. and we'll start with uh, scary movies that are out now, because they I didn't include current scary movies that are eligible, you know, as eligible for the bracket. Yeah. yeah. Just because, you know, it's it's they're too new to really mm-hmm. try to get a good gauge on. But there aren't a ton of... Co- horror comedies, but there are always horror movies out. Yeah, and it, it depends on what you're, and of course we'll get into it, but our definition of comedy, but, you know, right. like, for instance, I, I mean, obviously right now, Zombieland 2 is out. Yeah, um, and, and that's and a I, comedy. I, yeah, that's a comedy, and, and, and a decent scary movie. I know it's going to be on our brackets. Spoiler alert! <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so I, I actually, I haven't had a chance to see that. I think I'm going to see that on Thursday. Yeah, I haven't um, either. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it because I just I love that first one. Yeah, so, the first one was um, so good. It, it was shockingly good, and it, it, it did some stuff. You know, I, uh, I don't want to step in the brag, but it just it, it I thought it was very creative, especially with the graphics mm-hmm, and the use mm-hmm. of text and things. I thought that was so funny, um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with that. And just it's almost like breaking the you know the fourth wall type of thing, and so it, it, it I, I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and it, it had a couple of good moments that are, that were kind of had a, one really good scare, um, where the, the, where, uh, uh the clown in the bathroom, <laughs> that one, cause you know, I don't like clowns. <laughs> That's right. So, you hate clowns. Yeah. yeah. So that one was a good scare. So yeah, so I, I'm looking I, forward to that, yeah, that, that movie too. Yeah. And so Zombieland 2 is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a good, you know, I have high hopes for that. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah. And there's also, I mean, I would throw Adam's Family in there. It's maybe yeah. less on the scary side or horror side of things, but obviously more, horror more, themed. Yeah, more more tis the season type of movie. I mean, the Adam's right. Family is definitely, you know, it's always been one of those uh, enjoyable IPs right. um, for you know that time of year. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, any girl that dresses up as Wednesday is okay with me. So, <laughs> right, and being a pug, pugly looking guy. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, that that one probably probably excuse a little younger, but it probably if you're you know a parent, it probably a fun one to take your kids to. Um, and then on the other side of it, next week, um, uh, Doctor Sleep comes out, which mm-hmm. is the uh, sequel to The Shining, and 
and, and, and you know, I'm a huge Stephen King guy. Right. And, uh, you know, the book was pretty good. Um, it was, you know, I mean, when you got to look at like Stanley Kubrick's Shining is its own thing because it's definitely not that faithful to the novel. Right. Um, so the movie's going to be a little more faithful to the book, but still respects uh, Kubrick's film. Okay. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it because it's directed by Mike Flanagan, who did um, just some amazing stuff. Like, did you, have you seen Hush? It was on Netflix. Um, it's about a, a, a woman who is, um, who is deaf that this guy is stalking her in her own house. And, I have uh, not seen that yet. I know of it and I'm interested yeah. in seeing it, but I don't think I saw it. Maybe it is. I've seen so yeah. many every year yeah. around Halloween. I go to the internet to find out what the best horror movies on Netflix are and I try to watch yeah. them and I have so many that I haven't gotten to all of them. <laughs> I yeah, there's so them. many. Yeah, yeah, there are some, like VHS isn't even on Netflix anymore. That's how long no. uh, I will have I think, things on a list. I think, like, a lot of it, too, probably went to that shutter, which I've used before. Mm. I'll, I'll go in and out of owning it. Um, but it's, you know, it, it might be one of those that kind of migrated over there. But Hush, I think, might still be on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really good. And then, but the biggest thing that um, Mike Flanagan did, uh, well, two big things he did was the Gerald's Game adaptation on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, which was really good. And then the, the the thing that was probably the most scary is he did the the Hill House, the Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Netflix series, which I you know I think I put this on Facebook, but I was watching it and there was a scene in it where I screamed so loud that my wife, who was on, I had a, I was down in the basement and she heard me and she was on the third or the second floor of our house. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how loud I scream. I can't believe I don't wake up my son. And so I'm really, you know, because of that, I'm really kind of looking forward to Dr. Sleep just because I know that guy can do scary movies. Okay. And it's got Ewan McGregor. It's got Ewan McGregor in it. And oh, then Rebecca okay. Hall. I did hear yeah. about that, but I forgot the name yeah. of it. I'm interested yeah, in seeing so, that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be good because Flanagan is a big Stephen King fan. And just based off of how good Hill House was, I have a lot of hopes for it. Um, but then again, sometimes Stephen King adaptations can be the first It movie, or then it can be The Dark Tower. So <laughs> you never know yeah. what you're going to get. So, um, you know, I'll still temper, temper expectations, but I think that that's probably a good one. And I think that one, I think there's like screenings on the 30th. So I think it's possible people might be able to see it on Halloween. Oh, cool! Um, if they want to, which it's always if you can go see a scary movie on Halloween, that's that's always the best for sure. Um, yeah. Pivoting away from scary <laughs> movies and going into television shows, uh, there's a new show out. I haven't had a chance to see it, but it has gotten a lot of ink since coming out. I know you've talked about it. It's watching yeah. on HBO. Oh my gosh! Everyone's yeah. talking about this this week. Um, what uh, what can I've, you say? Yeah, you know, because I've been, like, in this kind of deluge of, like, well, you know, Game of Thrones is over. I don't really like Westworld. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's the show? You know, what's that show that I'm, like, I got to watch? Basically, what show justifies my HBO subscription? <laughs> and I, like, I love Succession, but that's over. And mm-hmm. so I'm, like, I don't know. You know, like, I will guess I'll stick around for Silicon Valley. And so I was not really hyped about watching Watchmen because... I didn't really like the movie. I wasn't into so the movie was like, either. 
Yeah, I think you and I went and saw it. We were both like, eh. Yeah, we it's like. like... We liked the prison scene. I think that was about yeah. it. Yeah, it was like it was, visually, yeah. it, w- it was a stunning movie that was very true to the book. Uh, but yeah. I, I wasn't. There was something off about it as a movie, and it, it yeah, it's it's it, so true yeah. to the material, except for the end. In so many ways, yeah. it's true to the material, but I don't know why I just didn't feel any emotional connection to it. And I think that's generally a problem people have with Zack Snyder's work. Yeah, yeah, I think the only yeah, and I mean, I think it was just kind of uh, yeah, okay, like it wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. I mean, right. some of the performances, but like, it's hard to like Jackie Earl Haley was amazing as Horshack. Oh gosh! So it's like, yeah, yeah, he's great in it, and the visuals were amazing. But it was like, besides that, I mean, I love Patrick Wilson, but like, he was just kind of blah. And yeah. like, uh, and then um, was it Miley Ackerman? She was mm-hmm. Silk Spectre. She was just kind of too. So it yeah, like, you know, I just wasn't yeah. crazy about it, and I, I know. <laughs> Clay, uh, uh, other best friend of the show, I yeah. know he was very much into um, what's his name's. Uh, he played Negan, and he was in Watchmen. Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, as uh, I guess the their yeah. version of Joker. I remember Clay yeah, the, raving the about his performance. Yeah, yeah the comedian, and I, yeah, I know Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Clay was really big into his performance, and then when we saw it, I was sort of like. Okay, I mean, like Clay compared it to Heath Ledger's <laughs> Joker. Oh my God, I don't remember that. We're really talking on him because that was definitely not. It was an okay performance, um, and when like he like said like "Mother, forgive me," I thought that was a really good part. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, it just kind of got to me that I, I like it when people are actually remorseful before they get thrown out of a building. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I thought, um, I, you know, yeah, overall it was okay. Yeah. Um, I will. I will give them credit though for um, showing a blue penis because yeah. I've never seen that in a movie They've, before. So that's definitely yeah. is that Billy Crudup. Yeah, Billy Crudup. Which, yeah, I mean, good. Good on you, Billy. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, when you're well, a giant being and it's on a big yeah. screen, then it it's definitely yeah. flattering to you. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was still kind of cold, if you know what I mean. I so, hate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we still had blue uh, balls. No, yeah, so I mean, the, the film kind of was like, eh. So I kind of went into the show thinking, well, right. we'll see. That could be great. <laughs> the, the first three minutes, I was hooked. I was like, I and and honestly, and this is my ignorance, but I thought it was fictional what was happening. And what they actually show in the first part of the show is the uh, race riots that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 1921, mm-hmm. um, also known as like the because um, I guess that part of town was known as Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And there was a massacre of over a hundred people, and it yeah. depicts that. And I had never seen that before. And again, I was ignorant of it, and it is so riveting. And mm. I was like, "All right, I'm in this." And then when the music kicks in, the music is really good. It's kind of like um, that '80s synth kind of thing, and it's just so many good performances from Don Johnson. My gosh, that guy! I don't know, like. I forgot how good Miami Vice was, and then you watch him in something else, and you're like, damn, Donald Johnson's really good. He is, and he is sort of like, I guess because of all the pastel colors and 80s-ness of the show, I think it has made people paint him in a different light than he deserves, but he's legit good. Yeah, I mean, you know, from like, you know, just like, 
things he's been in, like um, like Django Unchained. He was Big Daddy. Oh, he's really and good in that. He's really good in that. He's just been in lots of stuff where you're like, hey, Don Johnson's pretty good. Yeah. So he's really good in it. And then um, uh, Regina King is in it. Oh, and great. I, I yeah, she's the, she's pretty much the main character. And she is, I mean, she's just electric. Like, she's yeah, basically she's so kind great. of the main character. Oh, she's no, so it's like... 227 you know what i mean <laughs> like she's so yeah, good and, yeah. and like so i always good. see her as like the girl from 227 and uh, who's yeah. grown oh, to be so amazing yeah. she's like i just forget and like i really like that show southland she was mm-hmm. the main one of the main characters on but i mean she's just uh, uh, you know just amazing she's and then been, yeah. uh it's just it's real it's a real it's visually it's amazing um it's very prescient to now um you know there's definitely a a storyline that involves insults. Um, there's a there's basically a cult that I think worships Warshak, and uh, oh, they wow. wear the mask and they're and they're called um, the Seventh oh, Calvary. Okay. And and um, they're they're kind of a terrorist organization, and and so that's it's, it's really good. And then Jeremy Irons, I, um, the Ozymandias, I think that was the name of the character um, that Matthew uh, Good played in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, he's he's in it as well, and uh, you know you don't really understand what's going on with him yet. They kind of just establish it, but it, you know it's just really cool. It takes place in Tulsa, and it's just it's an, it's a different it's a different history, of course, uh, but it's, it's a little more faithful to what the events that happened in the graphic novel, mm-hmm. and it's just this is visually amazing, and I just really enjoyed it. And All right, so I'm that's really, a show to check out. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, I was already like. I'm ready for episode two, so I definitely <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Okay. And it, um, yeah. I will use an HBO Go password and watch. <laughs> you'll use you'll just like everybody else. You'll use mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a family one. I think I can use. I know. As I well. think you do. I think you do. Um, <laughs> All right, let's pivot to a, a subject that's out of the visual realm for a minute, and it's yeah. uh, music. A music discussion can't yeah. have Rob on without talking music, especially in a pop talk episode. So yeah. we're going to talk about um, side projects, musical side acts, and I guess just pretty much just saying uh, our favorite or a couple favorites like who would who we'd put at the top but we'll throw out a bunch Mm -hmm. of different ones and also decide what we will consider a true side project and to me a true side project is when a musical artist has an act whether it's their solo act or a group Mm -hmm. that is their main focus musically on a professional level and their they have some other band or their solo career is like a side project to their main uh, thing. You know, like Mick Jagger's main thing is definitely Rolling Stone, but he's put out some solo albums. So I would count his solo albums as a side project in a way. Yeah. Um, And and there's there's so many examples of, of, you know, great artists that are like, I'm going to try this out and see if it works. And sometimes it's, I don't know. Sometimes it's better than what they've done. <laughs> right. Yeah. How you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I yeah. do have a couple of questions before we dive into talking about who we would put up there and even uh, who would be in the running for us. I mm-hmm. one question is: Would something? Would it act like Toto count? Because that was a kind of a super group of uh, yeah studio yeah, musicians. That, that, 
You know, that's that's a tricky one because it, it could be considered a side project because really their main job was being um, being studio musician. But I think if you were to ask like those guys, they, they always wanted to be in a hit band mm-hmm. and they just did the studio thing. So like I think something like like Toto probably wouldn't count. Okay, um, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah. Yeah, cause like, cause I yeah. Although I mean, obviously, I I worship the ground Steve Lukather walks on <laughs> as a guitar player. <laughs> but, amazing um, guitar. Yeah, it's still good. And, and 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 basically, if you listen to Beat It, that's either Paul Jackson Jr. or, or Steve Lukather. Yeah. So everybody, Eddie Van Halen only does the solo on Beat It. Everything right. else is pretty much Steve Lukather. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Right. So and he, mean, there's yeah, so like, many big yeah. songs. I mean, I think he was oh, yeah. listing somewhere. Uh, all the songs he was on, and if it's like a song from the '80s that yeah. had a had a guitar part, it was probably yeah. him, <laughs> or he was in the yeah, room, well, or he was next yeah, to the yeah. guy who. Yeah, made, or, they, you know. they, or, or they might have called the they might have called him in because it wasn't working out with the other guy, you know. Right, so, right, right. So, Toto's yeah. dope. I, I mean, like yeah, they yeah. also get a bad rap, like Don Johnson, and they are impeccable yeah. musicians who've done the work, and they deserve yeah. all the credit in the world. Um, but they yeah. don't count for this category. No, they don't count for this. I and I was yeah. also wondering about broken social scene. <laughs> I mean, what is the main act, and what is the side project? Just the yeah. sheer nature yeah. of broken social scene. That that's one where it's like I don't it's so it's kind of like murky to where it's like I don't really know, yeah and it, yeah I, I would say something someone like them I wouldn't really count um, yeah as uh, as really a, a main thing. Here are some bands that I would throw out there. These aren't the ones that I'm saying are my top favorite, but my top favorites are are listed here. And there are more you can throw some out too that I would definitely have forgotten about. So. Um, postal service. Uh, that was my number one. Yeah, that was your number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out in any yeah, random order. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, bleachers, yeah. <laughs> uh, bleachers, yeah. broken bells, Gnarls Barkley, D12. That's Eminem's uh, rap mm-hmm. group. That was clearly a side project, even though it's kind of like what he wanted to be his main thing originally, but yeah, label wouldn't go for it. And, uh, I feel like every Wu Tang member's <laughs> solo career is sort of like a side project to Wu Tang. Wu Tang, yeah. I mean, uh, Fire yeah. <laughs> Theft, uh, the time, those are maybe two to discuss. Don Henley solo career, that's maybe mm-hmm. another one that would have to have an argument for. Uh, Reckon Tours, obviously a mm-hmm. big one. Uh, Belle Biv DeVoe, a big one. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's fair to count them because New Edition didn't officially break up, I don't think. No. Uh, it was and they kept making music yeah. as a band, as New Edition in the 90s. So yeah. I feel like they didn't really break up. Um, so the reason I... So I, I'm going to go with arguments for the, for a couple of the ones that I mentioned, like The Time, mm-hmm. Don Henley, and uh, Fire Theft. Starting with Don yeah. Henley. So once... The Eagles got back together in the early 90s, around 94. He still had, after that, a couple of solo projects. He had one a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, and I, th- I think he was still touring, like, just himself, like, even in the 90s. Like, like a- a- I mean, after they got together, I think he still toured. I'm sure he didn't. So did Glenn Frey, yeah. and so did Joe Walsh, and Joe Walsh and Glenn Frey did stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um 
And uh, and after his last album, Don Henley performed. Like I think he had an album in like 2016, give or take a year. And but it does feel like ever since the Eagles got back together, like his main focus was the Eagles. Yeah, and I you know I haven't seen them, but like I don't know how he could not perform Boys of Summer when he performs live. But I don't know if they do that in the Eagles. The Eagles did when I saw them. The Eagles did a few of his solo songs and also on the hell freezes over like their triumphant comeback tour album they do new york minute which is a song of his and they do oh, i always thought that was that was just the song they did for that so no, okay I, I, no, no. but when yeah. i saw them uh 10 years ago or whenever it was well, a little over 10 years ago uh yeah. they did a few of don henley's uh, solo album uh, songs. They did a few of Glenn Fry's solo songs. They did. Uh, they always do. Life's been good, and um, yeah, maybe a couple of others uh, <laughs> by Joe Walsh. Yeah, and it's the Eagles yeah. doing it. And they did. They did Glenn Fry's uh, "You Belong to the City" best mm-hmm. version of that song. Did they have a saxophone? They like, had such a huge band. I mean, they had so oh. many people behind them. Oh. They had a bunch of of uh, horn players. There's, and, I guess there's horns on some songs, like uh, yeah. uh, Heart, Heartbreak Tonight. I yeah. think that's, uh, yeah, that's a yeah, big one. Yeah, there's horns on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's some yeah, others, okay. uh, probably uh, yeah. uh, maybe even Long Run. I don't know. But they had yeah. they have uh, horns up there, and they had so many musicians up there. And yeah. um, they also did like a good solo, guitar solo for You Belong to the City, and it sounded so good. So, and that's my favorite Probably my favorite Glenn Fry solo song, uh, "The Heat Is yeah. On," is maybe another. <laughs> um, but no, it, Jason, Jason, Jason. The H is O. <laughs> the H is O. The H is O. Listeners, listeners, do yourself a favor. If, if for some reason you haven't, you don't know what the H is O is, look it up on YouTube. Yeah, just YouTube, pop- just H is O, SNL, Ben Stiller. Yeah. It's one of the f- yeah. <laughs> most. I don't. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's problematic in today's know. era, but it was a know. ridiculous video that they All did in the nineties. I've got two of Glenn Fry's babies. He's fantastic. <laughs> it was such a ridiculous. <laughs> oh man, that whole thing is so ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think our friendship is basically just a one really long version of the HSO. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, we're we're definitely uh, yeah. Jimmy Fallon and Horatio Sands in that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, um, you know Don Henley, yeah. his solo Don stuff Henley, to me comes solo. second to yeah. the Eagles in in his heart. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, I think I think I think he would consider himself a member of the Eagles first, and then his own thing, just because of the repertoire of songs that they have with with. Although right. he has, I mean, he he easily has enough solo songs that you could just go see him. But yeah. you'd be a little pissed if you're like, where's Hotel California or, you know, the big songs you'd want to right. hear Right, he probably but, still does but, Desperado, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Glenn Fry even did solo. Desperado on Glenn Fry's solo album, and Don sings it. <laughs> even they co-wrote it. Yeah. But Don, so yeah. uh, that's my argument yeah. for Don Henley. I think he should count. The Fire Theft, yeah. I know that the band members were the band members that could get along the easiest from Sunny Day yeah, Real from, Estate. From Sunny Day, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Sunny Day had broken up, so I'm not counting things where like the band broke up and then uh, mm-hmm. you know they did something else. That's not a side project. But the reason I would yeah. consider Fire Theft a side project is because the the bassist is the basis for Foo Fighters, and that's his main act. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Fire Theft was absolutely a side project for him. So I would, would you count consider them. would you consider the Foo Fighters a side project? No, because I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like they, I don't feel like that started as a side project. I mean, maybe there's a little overlap uh, because he was sort of working on that stuff. But did a Foo Fighters album officially come out before the last Nirvana album? No, I think, I want to say that Foo Fighters album came out like in 94, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably the last Nirvana was 90. Well, maybe I mean, 92, 93. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting fogged on the dates. But well, I'm, let me maybe look up those dates on Wikipedia just so we can uh, yeah. say it. I mean, I, because Foo Fighters did come to mind, but recollection know, was it's a, that... It's kind of murky. You know. It's kind of like, well, wh- but then again, it's like, would those songs have existed? They wouldn't have existed in Nirvana. I just can't imagine Nirvana doing Monkey Wrench. But of course, maybe, yeah. No. I mean, it would have. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like maybe, yeah, if Nirvana, Nirvana yeah. had continued on, there's a good chance that he, Foo Fighters would have been a side project for Dave Grohl. I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that he would have just given those songs to to Nirvana. Let me uh, look up Kurt Cobain's death. I want to say that was 1994. Yeah, it was. April of 94. So, so then, April of 94, Kurt Cobain died, and the first Foo Fighters album came out in 1995. Okay, so it was about a year after whatever right. they done last. I so, think their last album was probably Unplugged, which I don't know if that was in 94 or late 93. Right. So, so I feel that like that, yeah. that they don't count, but it's definitely yeah. worth talking about. And, yeah. a, and then the other one that I felt like needed an argument for was the time because a lot of people are like, well, who is the side project there? And it's Prince uh, Prince, (laughs) for the first three time albums. Prince wrote all of those songs. Yeah. He had wrote, he he wrote a bunch of stuff for the fourth album, but they kind of said like, let us write it, you know, because he had just done everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, basically Morris Day was like his hero, right? Because, Mm -hmm. Morris Day, like, well, then he kind of like really just like Morris a lot. He did. And, he thought he was the best yeah. funk drummer in Minneapolis, and so yeah. on the for what I heard, and maybe this isn't true, but I read this in like a Rolling Stone that Prince plays all of the instruments except for the drums on mm-hmm. the time the first three Time albums, I and that, basically he too. created it because he wanted an R&B outlet and he as Prince because he had such a pop like a persona not persona but because his pop music his or his because Prince's solo music had been so pop rockish he couldn't Mm -hmm. throw in so much R&B into that unit and so he created the time as a way to get that sort of music out of him and to me that's totally a side project that is that is that is a definition of a side project. When you can't yeah. when you can't get that thing out that you want to, I think that's that's what mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and and that's why I think probably going to the one that I my favorite side project is definitely Postal Service because it's definitely it's it's 
Ben Gibbard of Death Gap for Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but it's definitely it doesn't it, it's such a different beast to me. It still has that that Ben Gibbard genetic quality to it. Yeah. But it's it's definitely it's so poppy. It's so catchy. It's so much fun. Um, unless you listen to the lyrics and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> like <laughs> our bodies will explode. <laughs> right. It's very like, much like, know, um, yeah, uh, some of those, uh, you know. uh, songs by the police, but yeah. And, yeah. and Jimmy yeah. Temporello was doing other stuff, you know, like that yeah. wasn't his main gig and Jenny no, Lewis does some backing stuff and that wasn't her main yeah. gig. Um, yeah, and Chris Walla works I, on it. Uh, and a, yeah. a, a sort of too. So sure, it's like the, I'm pretty sure like Great Heights. I think he does that guitar solo. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. side projects all around, and yeah. um, that is a very good choice. So, do you have any other bands or, or acts that haven't been mentioned well, yet? You know, I kind of like them crooked for vultures. I thought that oh, was a yeah. good project. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I you know I you know I, I thought that was kind of fun. Um, you know, and then you kind of get into like, well, is technically like Sting's solo career kind of like Don Henley's? Where I, I would you say know. no, simply because the police officially broke up and they yeah. never put out another album after 85 or whatever. I mean, and, and then you get into like things like Blind Faith or, um, right. you know, some of those those acts in the, in the 70s. Uh, it's like how much um, overlap was going on or was it just like a new thing yeah, they were trying that didn't go? Trying. Yeah, like Derek <laughs> from the Dominoes. Like, is that like a main thing? I mean, right. It's, you know, because Layla is so amazing. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of a side project because, I mean, mm-hmm. Dwayne Allman never left. Uh, um, oh, great. No, Dwayne. Yeah, right. Dwayne Alban never left uh, the Alman Brothers. He just died. Okay. So you know that was kind of that was kind of a, a good side hustle for him. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sure yeah. there's a huge blind spot that I have to something, and I and I just yeah. for any listeners also was not considering any producers because that would just get too hard. Yeah. I mean, they, it would have yeah. to be that they were writing and performing. Uh, for it to be considered a a side project, I mean, like, yeah. I don't want to say Tegan and Sarah because uh, Chris Walla did a couple of their albums. Like that would just that'd be too complicated to find, yeah. and also just not going to count it. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, it's well, they're, they're they're their own thing. Yeah. Do you have any others that you'd mention? Um, well, just one, just because you know my love of the eighties is Power Station. Do you remember that one? Which is I'd... basically most of Duran Duran, but with Robert um, Palmer as the singer, they did um, wow. some like it's hot, you know, when the heat is on that song. Oh, I just and always assumed that was Robert Palmer. No, that's power station. So it's like John Taylor, the bassist and, uh-huh. uh, Oh gosh, I can't remember the original guitarist name for Duran Duran, but um, oh, yeah. yeah, basically Duran Duran without slime and Laban. And, uh, wow. Yeah. I, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, for like that '80s funky stuff, I like that. That's a so solid that was, jam. That was, yeah, that is. So you Robert wonder, Palmer was a good singer. He was such really a good, good singer. He, he died way too early. Like, Very too early. Good. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doesn't get enough credit for being as good as he is. No. Uh, no. Listen to his version of. Uh, he's got a really good version of "You Dropped the Bomb on Me." No, not early. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it's another song that that band, the Gap Band, did. Dang it! Uh, the when I met you, then they did. Uh, I'll, I'll oh gosh, <laughs> I can't think of it. Yeah, we'll we'll think of it later when yeah. our head hits the yeah. pillow. <laughs> We're exactly. like, oh, that's who. Exactly. It was. 
so I will mention who my top one, like my top few are. Obviously, the time because uh, yeah. of my Prince love. Uh, Postal Service is in my top three mm-hmm. or four. Belle Biv DeVoe and Fire Theft also. Those are my top four. Yeah. And my love of Prince wants me to say the time, but I don't. I didn't yeah. listen to the time as much as I listened to Prince. Um, yeah. I would probably lean towards. I'm going to say fire theft, fire yeah, theft, would, and then would, postal service. Yeah, I would say postal service. Obviously, um, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to count Derek and the Dominoes. I think that's the for, for you know for what yeah. it was um, to give us Layla, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. um, uh, you know I would say the Raconteurs. We kind of talked about that, but I'm not a huge. Uh, I'm, I like Jack White, but I'm not a huge White Stripes fan. Mm-hmm. But I really like the Raconteurs, and I think it's just because he was with the full band. And I just enjoyed that sound a little more. Uh, okay. So I, I really you know, I appreciate really him as a musician and and uh, I do, but song it's just some of the yeah. I mean, you know, there's I mean, there's a couple really great um, uh, white striped songs, but I just I you know I really, I, yeah, I just think I really sonically enjoyed the Rackatures just a little bit more. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my '80s pick of the Power Station. I think it was a good good group. Yeah. It would have been oh, interesting yeah. if they could have done more. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I also yeah. want to say Riz's work uh, outside of Wu Tang is, I think, pretty huge and pretty great. Um, well, you you know, Jason, mm-hmm. you can call me dirty and then <laughs> lift up your skirt. <laughs> and with that, we will move on to the next topic <laughs> and the final topic uh, of the episode. The main, the main event. Yeah, so I know there are going to be some people who are going to complain about things that didn't make it to the list. And as I was saying in last week's episode, we just went by. I, what I did was I I went to the, the Internet and looked at critic scores and user scores and just tried to mm-hmm. find averages. I didn't go to every single site like I didn't take uh uh, for every, it just would have been too much time. I didn't have the time on my hand to yeah. add up um, user scores for IMDb and Metacritic I, and Rotten Tomatoes yeah. uh, and the critic scores from all of those. I, I I just didn't have the time to do that. I don't think that the seedings would have changed much if I had. Yeah. Um, and so some things that are not on the list like hocus pocus not on as i mentioned last week's not on because it didn't make it into the top 32 i think it's top 40 but it didn't make it into the top 32 yeah Um, i mean there's definitely a certain generation that that's like their halloween movie and i guess mm -hmm. probably you were a little too old for it and you and i both probably just a little too old when it came out to Mm -hmm. where we probably it was just a little too kiddish for us probably yeah yeah i remember when it came out and i remember not wanting to see it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think one thing that's unfortunate yeah. though is that it didn't make it and so these divisions as i was mentioning last week was one division is sort of like your old school your classic horror movie subjects like frankenstein and ghosts and uh gremlins and vampires it would have been great to get vampire uh, uh, hocus pocus in there because it would have been witches and we don't have any I don't think there are any witch movies. That no, made it. I mean you. I mean, kind of Sleepy Hollow and kind of right. um, even then, uh, you know, Adam's Family could kind of say Morticia's. Right. What is she? She's a, you know, she's yeah. not. She's, she's not a vampire, but she's not a. She's almost a witchy vampire, but right. it's really <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah. She's just. 
she just shot the hot topic one too many times. (laughs) (laughs) And another one that uh, people are going to be mad, but Ghostbusters is not on the list. And that's because it's not a horror comedy. It's not not a horror comedy. And, And I thought about that too. I was like, maybe the first time you see it, the scene in the library could be a little scary. But like it's too, it's more sci-fi than it is horror. It's a sci-fi and, fantasy comedy, and especially if you know like Dan Aykroyd wanted it to be like this futuristic, yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, it was a completely different script. Yeah, what, he does what, not. Yeah, his approach yeah, to the paranormal is not that it's a, a horror movie; it's that it's real life. So f- from yeah. his point of view, it's not. Uh, it's not horror, really. It seems like it's more like. <laughs> Science, sci-fi, based, science, so it science would fall fiction, more into yeah. science fiction. Probably, he probably thinks it's real science. He probably right? thinks it's science fact, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the rest of us see it. But anyways, yeah. It. But, yeah. you know, so like uh, Wikipedia does not reference it as a, a horror movie. IMDb does no. not reference it as a horror movie. I also consulted uh, Clay and my and brother of the show, Trey, on that and they both agreed that it's not a horror comedy no, i will say no, it does not. on on box office mojo it does fall under the category of horror comedy and it's the number one highest grossing horror comedy of all time uh when you probably when you adjust for inflation even um but that's yeah. the only place that's referring to it as a horror comedy and um we don't so it's not on the list but obviously no. it would be everyone's champion if it well, was and on I the guess, list. yeah and i guess kind of like my question too is like when when you consider something a horror comedy like what are you looking for in it because for me i obviously no doy i want it to be funny mm-hmm. but there's got to be some aspect that's scary in it. There's got to be something yeah. that's actually scary. Right. And, and there's nothing, like I said, like this is, it's more sci-fi silliness than it is. Exactly. Yeah. Like with yeah. Ghostbusters, I, that was the first movie that really impacted me in, in such a way. I mean, that was the movie that made me say, I want to be an actor. And yeah, you know, that movie has been a constant in my life. It's part of my DNA, and I never once referred to it ever as a horror movie. Just never. No. So never. Um, no. I'm fine not including that. I do think it has to have an approach to classic horror. And yeah. I think all the ones on the list do fall into that category. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. did, I did Google to sort of consult, like, what was falling under the category of horror comedy, and then cross-checked it with Wikipedia and IMDb, and seeing what those sites and services called it. And uh, we come up with this list. And, uh, you know, it's a challenging list in a couple of parts. So let's let's kind of yeah. go through. You were mentioning off air that your top four favorite ones are not separated enough for them no, to be your no. final four, which no, is unfortunate. I mean, my, <laughs> yeah, it is unfortunate because I think my final four would have been, you know, Shaun of the Dead, Army of Darkness. Um, well, I, I kind of was cheating a little. I said Army of Darkness, Evil Dead too, because I'm lazy. But mm-hmm. um, uh, then, uh, you know, I, American Werewolf in London. And then, well, I, at first I was going to have the Frighteners, but then, you know, I saw the list and I was like, oh, man, Scream or Cabin in the Woods. When, you know, and I have to go with Scream actually now. Um, so, yeah, right. I think we saw so ultimately Scream's kind of safe, which, but, yeah, so it's kind of, you know, kind of like Frighteners and, and American Werewolf kind of knocking each other off. That kind of stinks. But that's the way brackets right. go, you know? <laughs> so. Right, right. Um, now, yeah. 
I haven't seen any of these Abbott and Costello movies, so that's to I've Abbott and Costello's seen, disadvantage. <laughs> so, I've seen the the one with Boris Karloff, and um, I think I've seen the Invisible Man one. There, I mean, you know, for for the time, they were they were really fun movies. Um, the one with Boris Karloff is good. good. Yeah, um, that one. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's seated fourth, so it's it's got a good reputation. I had not heard of that movie until I was researching for this, and I don't like the yeah. name. Like all the others are no. very great. I mean, it's it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and meet mm-hmm. the Mummy, and like those are good names. But Abbott and Costello meet the killer Boris Karloff is such a dumb yeah. name. Just call it Abbott and Costello meet Boris Karloff. Like why yeah. do you have to say the yeah. killer in there? That's well, it's because it's different. It's like, it's like, oh, in real life, I'm, you know, <laughs> right. Call it, but, it's, but I like to be known as the killer. So, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. And, you know, and those movies are great because they harken back to the Universal Monsters. Um, so that's, you know, th- those are, you know, very fun to watch. Um, are they, they're not scary at all, uh, but they're fun. And, and it's, it's definitely a different, a, you know, a different era and a different form of comedy. Um, that but it they're they're enjoyable movies i think it's 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 worth respecting them um because a lot of movies kind of stand on their shoulders and a lot of the reason why kind of horror extended was because of movies like that that kind of kept it in the mainstream um but then when you get you know obviously when you get a little further down the road horror comedies just get you know just a lot more to our sensibilities and our likes um now like you know, we're not we're not people from the 1930s, right? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Which is why which is why Young Frankenstein or Frankenstein is such a good comedy because it kind of harkens back to those movies. It pays really great respect to the original um, Frankenstein's monster, um, as well as you know, kind of having that that modern tongue in cheek humor, as well as understanding you know um, the inspiration from Abbott and Costello. Yeah, and um, and it still plays today, you know, like despite yeah. having this sort of old school sensibility. It's one of the classics, and that's probably, if I would make a guesstimation, I, I, that's probably going to end up being my number one. But we'll see. Uh, there's some yeah, tough, and, tough and, things that, that come out in this. And, and, that, and that's, it's, it's interesting because if we were just saying pure comedy, yeah, I think it's probably... That and another one's probably the two funniest movies on this list. But when it comes to actually being scary, there's actually nothing scary in in um, uh, in Young Frankenstein. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah. Right. right. So, it's just a comedy. So in that sense, it's just a comedy. And so you know, by by the way, I'm looking at it. I do I do think there are movies that are way scarier than that. So, oh, absolutely. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, but I would you know I'd say in that bracket, um, I would give it. Gremlins is great. Um, I, 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 you know, I love Buffy, but I'd say the the television show is so much better than the movie that um, that to me it kind of gets diminished because of how good the television show was. Yeah. So to to me, the the one that kind of stands out in that bracket is American Werewolf in London. Um, I, I love that movie. I mean, obviously, it's um, technically amazing. The scene <laughs> where he transforms into the werewolf is is frightening. It's amazing looking. It looks better than most CGI things nowadays. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just jarring. It's, but it's also a really funny movie. Griffin Dunn. My gosh, I don't know what happened to that dude because he had that in like after hours. <laughs> yeah. He had some 
good movie. And he's really funny, really funny in American Werewolf in London. Uh, yeah, that movie is so good, and it's super scary. Yeah. It's scary. The other scene that, that scares the crap out of me is um, David has these nightmares, and there's one where he's back at home, and then these zombie Nazis break into his house and shoot his family, and then he wakes up from the dream. But it's just, like, so randomly placed and so horrifying. It's really good. Um, they do some really good jump scares, and the ending is really horrific and mm-hmm. really great. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a good movie. It's, and right. so I, that 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 to me that one kind of wins it. And I, you know, honestly, I think we wouldn't have Thriller if it wasn't for. That's American what I Marvel was saying. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what inspired Michael Jackson for the Thriller music video, and he asked John Landis and Rick Baker to help yeah. with it because Rick Baker did the music. Yeah. I mean, the makeup for American Werewolf in London that was so revolutionary. Yeah. Um, so, so let's yeah, go I mean, through. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't finished putting my bracket together. I put a few together, and I I will say, yeah. um, just to sort of mention of I don't want to mention every single uh, uh, pairing or, or mm-hmm. versus category, but I'll just say some things that maybe jump out as oh you picked that. Um, I picked Cabin in the Woods over Scream. I like Scream a lot. But I love Cabin in the Woods. It's a hard choice. It's like saying who do you love, more mom or dad? Um, Yeah, you know, uh, it really (laughs) is because both are very innovative. Both are very funny. And, um, you know, I'm not making my choice based on what I think was funnier, what I think was scarier or more impactful. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just it's more just like what I like the most. And I would give it to Cabin in the Woods just because I, I just didn't see it coming. Um, I, and, and really like yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, that, the beginning part where Bradley um, Whitford and, and uh, Richard Jenkins are talking to each other, and he's like, you're not even paying attention. And he goes into the, the cabin in the woods. That was so good. Um, it's so, fun. um, so what's funny. What's that guy's name? Fra- Franz Kahn? Is that his name? The, I the donor? Know. I don't recall. I think that's, yeah, I think that's his name in real life. He's so funny in it. It's such a, uh, yeah, it's Chris such Hemsworth a good is so, I love yeah. that whole spill. I don't yeah. want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, yeah, but there's I some really know. great moments. Um, there's some great, great, but see, to me, it, and, and I love, I love Cabin in the Woods. I own it. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite movies, but I never have had a, and I've told you this before, the probably the greatest cinematic experience I had in my life is my sister Kelly took uh, me to a nine o'clock showing on a Saturday night of screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it was at the Carmike theater in Greenville, South Carolina. And um, the Carmike was, the, the crowd was predominantly African-American mm-hmm. and it was the best experience I've ever, it just, it was scary. People were yelling the entire time. Um, the commentary in the movie was like agreeing with everyone in the theater, but yet it was still happening I just had never seen a movie that was so self-aware, but also really scared. <laughs> I mean, when, when Drew Barrymore gets killed, it's like, holy No crap. one saw that coming. I mean, that's one of the Nobody, things that Trey always talks yeah. about with, like, yeah. how that was... She was the big star in the movie. She was. She was the biggest <laughs> person on the poster. I mean, Ned yeah. Campbell was like... Oh, that's yeah, how the they sold party, it. But, yeah, it was Drew Barrymore. And yeah, like, people didn't I mean, know the other she people. Did. She gets straight murdered. Like you yeah. see her entrails. Like it is hardcore. And like they kill the fawns. Yeah. I mean, it's you know. I mean, it's it's such a. But it's real. I mean, you know, for all the 
stuff that's so annoying about him, Jamie Kennedy is on fire. He's so good in that and the so second good. one. Like, the he's so one, I mean, funny. He's and Oh, good. So funny. His monologue, you know, obviously is, is legendary mm-hmm. when he's talking about not having sex and, you know, I'll be right back. Uh, <laughs> oh, Matthew gosh. Lillard, yeah. Too, is, is off the chain. And, Matthew Lillard, I was just about to mention him. Yeah, he's so, I mean, when he's like, I think I'm losing a lot of blood here, man. <laughs> like, and of course, when he says it's a scream, and I uh, just, yeah, I, I love Scream. And it, to me, it was just, it, it, it was, for a long time, it was probably my, my favorite horror movie. Um, it just because it was, it's, it was such a good in, uh, an experience in the theater. It's still good when you watch it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get scared at certain scenes. Like I'm still like run, run, <laughs> <laughs> and like, or like the part where like there's a delay in the camera and the and the camera guy or is a delay and the guy camera guy opens the door and he immediately gets his throat slashed. It's like oh mm-hmm. man, it's just like so much stuff in it. Good, yeah. yeah, so much good stuff in it. Yeah, and that is good, and it's, yeah. Scream yeah. versus Cabin in the Woods is the hardest. I would say it's going to be yeah. across the board for everyone. <laughs> Uh, the hardest choice to make, uh, I think, yeah, and at least in the first round. And I think after mm-hmm. that, it'll probably be like uh, choosing Army of Darkness or Evil Dead Two, and then the Evil winner Dead of 2. that, yeah, yeah, then choosing the winner of that versus Zombieland, it, and then choosing the yeah. winner of that versus probably Shaun of the Dead. Like those would probably be the, the hard Dead, ones. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, cause, yeah, that's a hard because e- Evil Dead Two is one of those movies. I again, I, I, I guess I, I associate a lot of horror movies with my sister Kelly, but like mm-hmm. we, I remember watching that, um, and we both were just that scared the crap out of us. But then watching it years later, like laughing so hard at it. Yeah. So it, it really, it's a great mix. Um, Army of Darkness is obviously a lot more comedy than it is horror. There's some yeah, scary yeah. stuff in it, but Evil Dead you know, Two is it, more it, horror than comedy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, by far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some stuff in it that's pretty. Uh, yeah, when the girl gets killed by the trees, it's pretty horrific. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say so, another tough yeah. one. So, Housebound is an easy choice for me because yeah. I don't dislike Slither. I'm just not super into interested. And Housebound, I love. And yeah. but then choosing. I- Another one that's tough is what we do in the shadows versus Scream Two because if you're someone who's seen both, and yeah. you and you if you appreciate one, you probably appreciate the other, and then choosing whoever wins that mm-hmm. against Housebound would be tough for me too. I don't know what to go for, yeah. but I will say, and this is I'm I am ashamed to admit this. Um, that choice isn't going to be super hard for me because I've seen Scream 2, but I have not seen What We Do in the Shadows. I've known about it for a couple of years. I haven't yeah. been able to see it when it was an opp- There were opportunities to watch it with like group movie night, and I was hardcore saying, let's watch What We Do in the Shadows. And then somebody made <laughs> kind of got everybody to go with another choice that was a good movie. It was yeah. actually Tucker and Dale. And yeah. I was like, I had seen Tucker and Dale, and I was like, it's really good, but I just feel like people will appreciate what we do in the shadows more from what I've seen and heard about it. They, and it, it just had no one behind me, and yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I was, it, it I'm was. i to it, this day pissed yeah, it, that I have not seen that movie. Yeah, I know. It, it's a good movie. It, it, I, I like it a lot. I haven't actually watched the show, um, but um, I, I, I did like it a lot. I liked Taika Waititi a lot, um, and... 
Um, but to me, you know, it, it was, it's obviously kind of easier to pick Scream 2 over it uh, because, again, um, uh, what you, what we do is not scary. And so, to, right. so but this is Scream vampires, 2 is yeah. scary. Yeah. So it's it's innovative, just, very it's funny, yeah. innovative idea. Yeah. And it is. Uh, but a, I am going to give it to Scream yeah. Two because yeah, I I'm picking Cabin in the Woods over Scream, and I just think the first two Scream movies are so good, and deserve especially the first one. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm fine picking Cabin in the Woods over Scream, but I've got to give some love to Scream somehow, and I'm mm-hmm. picking Scream Two. Uh, Scream Three is all right, and I couldn't finish yeah. Scream Four. <laughs> so, as a franchise, I, 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 reason, I don't care. I've seen all I've seen all the movies in the theater, and so I, I did see that one in the theater, and it was um, yeah, it was it was it was ten dollars. So <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's I mean, those are hard choices. Um, it, it, you know, I think I think the hard choice is Cabin in the Woods and Scream. I think ultimately the winner yeah. of that would 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 win that bracket basically. Um, as good, as good as some of those other ones are, uh, I just think that that one for me, like either one of those would really would win that bracket. Um, I get that. I, that, so, and I knew this would happen, that that was going to be the Mm -hmm. toughest division for me. And the second toughest is zombie. There's the the zombie division. The the zombie one's hard because. So many uh, good movies. There, there's so many good movies in that, that deserve, uh, a top four, you know, like being in the final four. Um, from, yeah, Fido is clever. Uh, Return of the Living Dead. It's, it's really, it's a really messed up movie, uh, but it's it's good. It's it's, it's actually really funny. Uh, but there's some messed up stuff. But uh, <laughs> but it, it's yeah. got a funny ending. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and obviously you know we kind of spoke before with Zombieland. It's it's so clever. It's so good. Woody Harrelson is just fire. Um, Emma Stone, uh, you know. Yeah, like, I love Emma Stone and everything she, I've seen her in. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but she can get it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she really is one of my American also, sweethearts. I just think Eisenberg she's so funny. I will say Eisenberg can definitely get it. I, I love me <laughs> Eisenberg can get it. I really want to yeah, see the sequel. Yeah. Um, like I said yeah. earlier, I have high hopes. Um, I love the first one, especially yeah. the fun cameo appearance, which, just to oh, show yeah. how good of a best friend you are, I had heard yeah. somebody told me that there's a cameo in Zombieland that will blow my mind. And I was like, yeah. I was talking to you and I was like, yeah, someone told me that. And for it to blow my mind, given the kind of movie it is, it would have to either be Conan O'Brien or Bill Murray. And you <laughs> had the best poker face and just didn't say anything. And I, so I didn't think anything of it. But you were basically, after I saw the movie, I was like, oh, Rob knew I pegged it and didn't want to ruin the, the <laughs> surprise for me. So when I saw I, the movie, I hadn't thought about that conversation with you at all. And then when, it, when the moment came, I was like, holy crap, like this... This is blowing my mind. Because <laughs> knowing me, Lord knows I could spoil the hell out of anything, especially for you. So that one, that one took a lot of fiber in my body not to. Like it took all of the poker skills I had. Oh yeah. Not to oh yeah. Say, You're right. That was the greatest cameo ever in a movie. Because <laughs> it is. It's it's possibly. I, I think it might only be ten minutes long. I don't know how long that sequence is, and it's it's it, it's so good. It's so funny, and it has such, such a, a funny darkly. Yeah such a funny ending to it yeah i um, i really love zombie land yeah. i was not crazy about 
a moment in the end. Um, I think they did such a good job with every beat of that movie, but at the yeah. end, they have two of the characters that they established as being incredibly wise in their choices yeah. make a really dumb choice that they would not have made. Does not make sense at all. For their they, characters. For what the movie yeah. established their characters to be, they wouldn't have made that choice, and then they make no. that choice. And then also there was some... Um, I'm just trying to not spoil it, but what I will yeah. just say is basically someone gets on, two people get on a machine that yeah. has to have an operator on it for even it's two people work. to get on, right? And so, yeah, like, how did that, how did one person operate the machine and then get on the machine? Like, that's... Yeah. That's, one <laughs> so they, they kind of, like, yeah. they, had to, they had to cheat a little bit and, and also cheat against what they established yeah. in order to make that happen and i i just yeah. didn't approve and the, uh, the other the, uh, the other thing i'll say that'll probably ruin the movie for you because it's one of those things but like how long has the apocalypse been going on how is there still power everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah, one of those things just, where i, I yeah. just have to say like well that's a, i'm just gonna suspend my disbelief yeah uh, you know i'll, either, I'll allow yeah, if I'll, i'm gonna yeah. allow <laughs> superman to fly around then i'm gonna allow him to catch I'll, someone I'll who's I'll falling allow. from a building and that they wouldn't yeah. die from yeah. him catching them because yeah. physics would probably show that they would die if you catch someone who yeah. <laughs> almost to the ground <laughs> and then they, yeah. they get caught by a person they would they'd still probably lose some limbs yeah. uh, <laughs> to me you know you know ultimately though i think for me the winner of the bracket and possibly the entire thing uh, you know I, I don't know if we need to talk about the other i mean the other bracket i think you know you've got tucker and dale which i think kind of as much i love beetlejuice um i love but i would probably ultimately probably give it to adam's family values in that bracket mm. just because of the that's so much comedy i think i it kind of outweighs it um, but Tucker and Dale is a lot of fun. Tucker and Dale's um, so I, fun. I would definitely good put idea. it in the Elite Eight. Yeah, it's um, definitely Elite Eight. It, it, it's 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 honestly, it, it 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 almost came to Final Four. But I think I give it to Adam's Family Values uh, over Adam's Family just because, and maybe just because of when Adam's Family came out versus Values. I remember seeing Values in the theater and just really connecting to it and really liking it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, and and and, I, and the other thing I want to point out too is Gremlins too. Um, I didn't really appreciate that movie as a kid, but as an adult, I love it. And um, I, so that's you, where I am with both yeah, of the Gremlins yeah. movies. I was mm-hmm. not into it as a kid; just didn't care. Yeah. And I probably would appreciate it more if I resaw it. Um, yeah. But, and and the know. thing that the, the, that will make you really appreciate Gremlins too is the Key and Pill skit. Which I think I told you about. Right, uh, you did. Where, and then also, yeah, like, the whole, like, I will say the Rambo gremlin thing. Yeah. Hysterical to me. It's, I need I to see it, it just because of my love of I, stuffed animals uh, being yeah. animated. <laughs> and, yeah. and Muppets and, well, and things like that. Uh, and the, and the, the monsters are amazing in it. Or the gremlins are amazing so in good. it. So uh, good. So good. Even better than the first one. Uh, it's a really funny movie. Um, it's, it's it, they're actually, there's, okay, there's one really scary scene. And, okay, I'm going to spoil Gremlins, too, because it's old. So, But there's a and scene who's where... Who's really, um, like, chomping at the bit yeah, for <laughs> Gremlins, yeah, too. Yeah, it's too. But there's a scene <laughs> where um, one of the security guards, they're, like, in the control room, and he's making fun of the eating after midnight thing. So he's like, what if you're on a flight and you fly across time zones and you eat? And he's, like, making this joke that all of a sudden a Gremlin pops through the control panel and starts eating him. And it's such... A, it's actually pretty <laughs> scary. 
<laughs> and it, it just comes out of nowhere. And it's just, it's a good scare. And it's really funny because it's, it, it's so like, the movie is like, it's meta on cocaine. It's like, it's just, it, it, it's so meta. It's making fun of everything from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And, but it's still really good. It, it's, it's, a, it's an insane movie to watch. And to realize like people paid millions of dollars to make it. Yeah. So uh, I, I so, would recommend it. Yeah, but I, I think you know. I, I'm, there's so many movies on this. I'm, yeah. I have to watch or and and or rewatch. Yeah. So let's well, go would, just to end the episode. Yeah. Let's just mm. say. So I'm not done with my bracket. Yeah. I'm gonna say what my guesses will be for my final four, but not official. And then what my mm-hmm. guess for the winner will be, and then yeah. I will just share it uh, on social yeah. media for people to check out. Yeah. I think I'll say like my final four would probably be American Werewolf, um, Scream, Tucker and Dale, and then the one that I think is the winner. Um, but I think just the cut above everything else, it's, it's honestly probably top five movie for me of all time is just Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, so I mean, yeah. For me, I I'm gonna have to pick between Shaun of the Dead or Zombieland, and that's gonna go to Shaun of the Dead for me. And yeah. I'm a little shop guy, so. I oh, picked Little yeah. Shop um, for a lot, and <laughs> yeah, but Tucker and Dale's probably going to win that matchup and be in my yeah. final four. And then on yeah. uh, the other side, I cannot decide between Frighteners and American Werewolf in London, but it's going to be mm-hmm. one of those two in my final four. And yeah. I'm having a tough time deciding between Young Frankenstein and Cabin in the Woods, and whichever wins against Housebound will be tough, but. It'll probably be Young Frankenstein in my final four, but Cabin uh-huh. in the Woods might get it. You know, might get there, and I would yeah. probably venture a guess that Shaun of the Dead's going to be my winner. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying now. It's, but I will reveal it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would say yeah. For me, it's it. To me, it's the funniest. It, 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 there's not a second that's not funny, but the other aspect of it too is it is scary. When I saw it in the theater, I was shaking, trembling, because it, I had I felt the dread of the zombie apocalypse. And what people need to realize too is there wasn't a, a lot of zombie movies then. There was basically um, there had been I don't I think this came out before it might have come out before the remake of Dawn of the Dead or right around the same time. You basically had 28 um, days later, and then. Um, you got Shaun of the, I think you got Shaun of the Dead, then, um, mm-hmm. then Dawn of the Dead. I, it might, I might get, I might have that reversed, but there wasn't like, it wasn't like everybody, there wasn't a Walking Dead on TV. It wasn't like there was zombies right. everywhere. Right. And the love for Night of the Living Dead that's present in that movie is unbelievable. <laughs> it's such a good homage, but yeah. it's not a spoof because it's its own intelligent movie. Yeah. It's about, you know, friendship. It's about growing up, mm-hmm. but it is. Honestly, got some scary stuff in it. It's got I some mean, scary it, stuff it, in it, and it's got yeah. some super funny stuff in it, and it's got a lot of heart. Super funny. It has a lot of, and I will say, you know, there the the scene where someone there is a, a harken back to um, uh, the great Day of the Dead, which mm. it, it's actually pretty good. That there is a, a a a kill in Day of the Dead that they kind of recreate um, with one of the characters, and it is so horrifying when it happens and it's so hardcore and, and I think that's the thing that makes, uh, you know, Edgar Wright a little different is he's not afraid to make, you know, he's like, this is rated R for a reason. And this is a horror movie for a reason. And there's, there it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty hardcore to watch. 
Yeah. Um, and, there is a moment what, that is like tear jerking yeah. in that movie. Oh my gosh! There's there's a couple. Uh, the, the I, it's the best the movie on the, the list by the, far. Yeah, by far, by far. It's, well, it's, maybe like young, actually, young Frankenstein is great, but there's just so much going on in that there's, happens in Shaun of the Dead that you just you, don't get in the average movie. Period. You, you have to. And the thing about Edgar Wright is he's like he's just so good at layering, and mm-hmm. there's there's so much going on. It's just like Quentin Tarantino. Like there's so much going on that you don't see the first time, and so mm-hmm. it's it, it's one of the. It's a movie you can watch, and then you can watch it ten years later and be like, "Oh, I didn't notice that." Right. And, and, and you know, and so that's the same with like Hot Fuzz, um, and, and some of his other movies. Like, it's just there's so much going on that you don't realize. I mean, just like you know, him yelling in the phone, "We're coming to get you, Barbara." Like, I didn't get that at first, and then I thought about it. I was like, "Oh my god, that's like the best line from from Night of the Living Dead." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's like you know, there's so much little stuff in there. Um, that you, uh, but then like it's played the subtly the, and makes you miss it because subtly. that's such an off, obvious yeah. reference, but you don't, don't it doesn't you hit you over it. the head. Yeah, no, none of the, none of the references hit you over that. Even just some like the one character turning into a zombie, but yet still taking the time to turn the radio off because it was too loud. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, because that's what he would have done when he was alive. Um, and, and just the commentary about how we're all zombies in our lives. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a good movie. It's, it's a great it's, movie. It's honestly, if you haven't it's seen a great it, movie. definitely yeah. see it. Watch it. Watch it. Like, it's it's so funny. Um, Simon Pegg is just a freaking miracle of a human being. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, yeah, he's so, so awesome. great. Yeah. Well, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're supposed to go like, do 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 but it's not really no. how it happens in the episodes. No, because and then and then that lady comes on and she's like, did it, did it, There it is. Was produced by Jason Farr. Did it, did it, did it, did And somebody, somebody did the rap. Did it, did it, did it. And Neil Brooks played the guitar. Did it, did it, did Sorry, I don't remember. Nick Acevedo. Yeah, but that's a little different because that's the yeah, very no. end. Like when I'm in yeah, the interview yeah. and say, and like hey, it's it's come to a completion, I say, there what, it is. What if, I, what if I get to do the rap this week? Like, yo, there it is. That's the spot. Everybody likes Jason Farr a lot. He's real good and he's on. I can't say any of that. I can't I can't <laughs> reveal that publicly. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. I yeah, of course I would spoil that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll do the end. Well, like. There it is. Oh my gosh. You should know the music better. I should. I should know the music better. I should. I should know it's like. No, I should know it. I should know, but I don't. And I'm terrible with lyrics. That's so funny. There it is. No, hold on. There it is. That's the spot. There it is. Podcast. We're talking about life and love and friendship and stuff. Everybody likes what Jason Farr talks about. Comedy. Hey, that might be embarrassing, but there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your best friend now? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on the podcast, man. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later. What an insanely ridiculous episode. 
<laughs> but a fun one. Really glad to have Rob back on the pod talking about all that pop. And as I mentioned, I will finish my bracket and share it on social media. I'll put it on my Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and maybe even my Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Follow me on there. You can also follow the podcast at There It Is Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to put the bracket together, we have it up on the Facebook and Twitter accounts, but also if you go to There It Is Pod and go to the blog section, you can find it as well in the description for this episode. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our newsletter. Please do that. We have a link for that in the bio. And next week's episode is a fun one. Very excited to share it with you. And it's with someone else from the Magnet community. And she's an improviser, but she also does yoga. We talk about that and a bunch of other stuff. Really great talk. So check that out next week. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. Thank you.